Hello, creative, and welcome back to the Empowered Creatives Podcast, finding confidence between hustle and burnout. I'm your host, Victoria Hines, creative career coach, helping creatives just like you navigate those twists and turns in your creative career. My guest this week is somebody I met a few years back through this really wonderful program called Pivot for Dancers. This week, Mallory Gladman will be joining me on the podcast. So Mallory grew up in Orlando, Florida. She began her career as a musical theater dancer and singer at all of our favorite theme parks, Disney World and Universal Studios, before moving to New York City and performing in shows both locally as well as overseas on cruise ships. After 10 years of teaching and performing, Mallory decided to step away from the industry to protect her body from further injuries, which happens to many a dancers, and try something different in a brand new country, which I'm excited to have you share a little bit about that journey. So she ended up moving to Vancouver in 2020 with her Canadian husband and eventually founded today her company, Waste Not Weddings and Events, in 2022. So welcome to the show, Mallory. Thank you, Victoria. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So my big juicy question that I always start this off with is what do artists and creatives need to know is possible today? I would say taking risks is okay and encouraged. (laughs) I think sometimes we (laughs) we stick with the, the fear and the safety and it's okay. It's okay to pivot as many times as you need, change your mind, do it again, find what works, but always listen to your heart. Mm. I love that you touch on that. I feel like something that I didn't recognize until I pivoted or took a step back from theater was how much I was operating underneath a scarcity mindset. And, And like you touched on, it was that fear of what happens if you step away. What, what do you feel like in your own life contributed to that scarcity and fear of taking a risk outside? I think it was deciding between the negatives and the positives of what I was actually doing. So I always weighed them both, but with my performing career and my teaching career, there were always more positives than negatives. And then at some point it started to tip. And it started to physically and mentally take its toll. And so I saw more of the negatives creep up in there um, that were just a little bit more harmful than the positives and said, I think it's time. And also personal decisions came into that as well. But um, for the most part, when I realized that the negatives started to outweigh the positives, I said, hang on a second. I think it's time to channel my energy and my being into something new, something different, because I love change. I love challenges. Why not take that leap? Right. So it was, I think it was just time. Uh, my body was telling me it's time. And then my mind kind of started to communicate as well. And everything was telling me, okay, yeah, it's time. It's that little, I, I always think back to like the Taylor Swift song of, you know, when it's time to go, there's just that gut instinct that kicks in. And I think, I think I know I fight it. I fight it for a decent amount of time because I want to, I want that reassurance that if I jump, it's going to be okay, which I don't think anybody can give you. Did you, what was that 
pivot like for you? Like, what was that jump sort of leap of faith? What was that moment like? It was terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> it was terrifying. Um, I just poured every ounce of my being and soul into performing and being on stage and, and chasing the dream. And when the dream started to shift and not give back hardly anything to me, that's when I realized it's no longer the dream for me might be for someone else, but it's not my dream anymore. What kind of dream doesn't give you a lot in return? So that was a big turning point for me was realizing that, okay, priorities change as you get older, things change and you have to reevaluate what actually brings you joy. Uh, There will always be moments you can be creative so even the, even though it's super scary to step away from something like that, there's always a chance to bring forth some of that into whatever you do next. And that's what I try and do daily. I still keep music in my life. I still keep dance partly in my life, maybe not as involved as it used to be, but I still find ways to be creative and it doesn't necessarily have to be on a physical stage, right? <laughs> in my new career, I'm definitely... Um, on the spotlight most of the time, but also behind the scenes. So I I find you can juggle both and you can channel all that lovely energy into new directions and new ways. Absolutely. I know I've, I've had some similar threads in my own journey of recognizing that all the skill sets you build up before they, they thread their way through the next chapter. They don't disappear. And there's something beautiful about realizing like opening a new chapter and realizing you have the opportunity to grow in new ways that you never expected. Um, but I want to double click on something you touched on was feel, like you talked about feeling like there was a resistance to allowing your dream to change. Why do you think that is? I think we tend to hold on just like in relationships, we tend to hold on to all that's good. And sometimes not see the negative, not see some of the bad associated with that good or that high that comes from performing or whatever it is, we stick to it. Also, there's a feeling of failure, right? I failed. I didn't achieve everything I wanted to. Um, You have to realize that some things are not meant to fully be achieved or there is not one end goal, right? It it can shift, it can change. There's beauty in the pivot. Um, I think I, I would just uh, think of the the movie 500 Days of Summer, right? Where, I mean, oh, it's yeah. not the most beautiful ending, right? <laughs> There's some uh, some quirkiness to that movie, but I love it because everyone's journey is different and everyone's path is different and you have to muddle through the bad sometimes, but he kept remembering only the good things and his sister said, I think you're only remembering the good things about the relationship. You're not remembering some of the the real stuff and some of the negative things from that relationship. And that's a kind of that key moment in the story. And everyone's story might reflect that at some point in their life or multiple times, right? We have to get through some of those things, reflect on it in the appropriate way and go, wait a second, am I only remembering the good things? Am I holding on to something that no longer serves me? Absolutely. 
I love that. I don't, I can't even think of like the full quote, but it's the, the idea that we all build ourselves up in a way to survive the moments we're in. And sometimes surviving is also thriving. Um, but we, we put up certain, certain armor, we build up certain boundaries, we shift our mindset, we basically create stories, um, of what's going on in order to adapt. And I think it's this beautiful thing about human beings and this wonderful skill set we have. And just like you said, there comes a day when suddenly like those survival skills, everything you've learned to adapt, the rose-colored glasses you put on, the, the stories you've been telling yourself are no longer working for you, but they're actually holding you back. And yeah, yeah. That's such a scary moment and a freeing moment if you allow yourself to just step into the unknown again. Absolutely. Hey there, creative. I have a delightful invitation just for you. Imagine diving even deeper into the incredible world of living your life as an empowered creative, including more tips, tricks, and advice arriving straight into your inbox. Sounds pretty cool, right? Well, guess what? I've got something special brewing, and I don't want you to miss out. Introducing my oh-so-awesome bi-weekly email newsletter. It's a vibrant community bursting with passion, curiosity, and the love of building a creative life. By joining my newsletter, you'll get first access to new promotions and launches, as well as my welcoming voice in your ear every other week. Also, I'll share with you my creative career audit worksheet, a secret tool myself and clients have used during our own career transitions and pivots. So don't miss this opportunity to be my pen pal, as well as deepen your connection with fellow empowered creatives by heading to www.victoriahines.com or following the link in the show notes below. Thank you for being such an incredible listener. And I really look forward to sharing this exciting journey with you through both the podcast and my newsletter. Now, let's dive back into the show. What was your journey like moving from being a performer, a teacher into wedding event planning? (laughs) Wild. (laughs) It was wild. (laughs) Um, For the first time in my life, I stepped away from something I loved and and thought I would do forever and followed a boy, which I never thought I would do, right? Is follow the guy, (laughs) right? I moved to a different country. Um, I moved to a part of Canada that spoke only French. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I just completely jumped in um, to a new surrounding, and it was really difficult. It was hard to uh, not feel regret and bitterness. I felt a lot of bitterness when I stepped away. Um, I left my agency. I left my friends in New York City. I left my city. Um, and, and just start, tried to do something new for once. Um, it was shocking, but good for the system. Like most things are because I had time to reflect on myself for once and just be me and navigate what it is I, I needed to do to move on. I had to grieve. That's something we talked about. I'm so glad I found Pivot for dancers around that time because we talked about grieving 
just like a person or a relationship or something that you've lost or a pet, you have to grieve a, a previous career as heart involved as acting and performing and singing and dancing and all of those things. Um, it is all life consuming and to just up and leave and change is really jarring to the body and the mind and the soul. So uh, I'm so glad that I practice yoga and meditation because that really helped me um, navigate that as well and and reflect and take time for me. I did not love living in Quebec, I must say. It was <laughs> it was very cold for this Floridian girl. Um, I, I did not love it. I loved my um, now husband, um, but it was <laughs> it was so scary. It was so cold, and it was yeah difficult to make friends. Um, I, I found some joy, but not the full set of joy I was looking for. But yeah. thankfully. Um, eight months later, after I married my my now husband, he got um, the chance to move his job over to Vancouver, which has been such a blessing. First of all, I can speak English again, like yeah. <laughs> the language alone. Um, I had some definite trials going into COVID times because I didn't get a honeymoon. I didn't see my husband for several months. I was stuck in Florida while he was moving between Quebec and Vancouver. I got stuck in Florida with my parents, um, which was just not fun <laughs> at the beginning yeah. of COVID. Um, yeah, went a little crazy there. <laughs> Did a lot of <laughs> soul searching, painting, journaling, whatever to keep my my mind at bay. Um, but eventually I did in June of 2020, got to cross the border when they opened it to family and spouses and started my life in Vancouver. Um, I didn't know anyone here, but thankfully everything was online, networking, all of that. So I had a lot of time to um, explore and just start fresh, which is actually just really fun, right? Starting fresh is, is scary, but so much fun. So I just yeah started networking and doing workshops and classes online. And um, I found a new home. We, we bought a home together and it is now in a city that I love with surrounded by people that are so awesome where I live. Um, and, and it gave me the courage to start my business. Once I had gotten some experience, uh, a little bit more experience on what my next steps were, then I, I felt really ready to conquer that side. Um, not everyone would maybe leave a nine to five or job and, and just go for it. But I knew I was not cut out for nine to five. I didn't last long in that situation. <laughs> so um, I just, I have that in me and there is nothing wrong with a nine to five either, but it just, yeah, it doesn't work for me. <laughs> not for you. I think, you know, your journey highlights something super important. First of all, place is so important. I know that's something I'm navigating right now is feeling I've been, I think, basically living out of a suitcase for the last year, which was longer than I thought it would be. But exploring, you know, Chicago had kind of lost that magic for me a little bit. And so I have been exploring like, what else is out there? Does something else, does another place call to me? But the other part of your journey that I find so fascinating is you sort of made this pivot, entered a grieving process, and 
it wasn't all opportunity and possibility and inspiration and just like a blank notebook. Like it wasn't like the thrill of a blank notebook. It sounds like it was more a, just a process of pulling away what didn't need to be there and still figuring out what wasn't working because it sounds like the place you were also living at Quebec wasn't working for you either. And it didn't start clicking until you found yourself in Vancouver and found the right place and things just started to mesh together, which is, I think, just such a hard lesson to sometimes because like sometimes we want to make something work and it's that like constant re-lesson from the universe or whoever of when it's right, some pieces are just going to fall into place for you. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah, location was everything. Um, if if we had stayed in Quebec, I would have made it work, but it mm-hmm. may not have felt like home, you know? So uh, there is a give and take. I, I was willing to put in the effort. I was doing so many French classes, attending meetups, trying to immerse myself in a brand new culture and language. It wasn't like I wasn't trying and just sitting at home. I for sure was was really trying, but it just worked out that we both weren't super happy. And when we both found this new location, it was a chance for both of us to really start over. It wasn't me moving into his house, you know, anymore. It was us finding a place together, starting our lives as married couple together, being partners in every sense of the word and going through a new place together, right? It's not as scary when you're not alone. Um, so that I think helped a a lot, um, with the move and yeah, it was crazy times (laughs) during COVID, but it (laughs) did have a sense of peace to that actually, because it wasn't so hustle and bustle. I really had time to sit with it. I'm not the most patient person. I will admit I'm yeah, very not patient when it comes to certain things. (laughs) I just want things to get done. Um, I guess that hustle culture and New York City life never left me. Um, but I am starting to get more West Coast vibes now after living <laughs> here for a couple of years. Um, like that email can wait. I don't have to respond right away. Uh, boundaries are real now. But I think also COVID made everyone reflect. It wasn't just a West Coast thing. So, um, yeah, but like you said, not nothing is immediate. I think with social media, we just expect things to just be so quick and immediate. And things take time. And it really took a lot of time for me to transition. And I'm still learning and uh, growing and sorting out my journey. So it's never linear, always changing. And that's okay. And you have to kind of have patience with yourself. Talk about one of the most difficult things to do. Patience with yourself. (laughs) Oh, man. Um, I want to ask, so what what inspired you to really land on, A, building your own business? Um, I know you touched on saying 9 to 5 was not for you, but like really launching your own business as well as focusing on wedding event planning. How did you kind of navigate your way to that decision? It was not without thought, for sure. Um, I had experience in catering 
events when I was surviving in New York City, as we do. Um, I would see the planners, the wedding planners, the event planners, and go, yep, that's me <laughs> right there. I'm the organizer. <laughs> I'm the planner. I'm going to do that one day. It was always in the back of my mind. I love that kind of stuff. So um, that part was more natural. Navigating during a pandemic, <laughs> however, was not very natural. I was very hmm. worried about the economy and the climate, how it was going to bounce back here, being new to the area in general. That's why I started with a nine to five and a rental company, getting the rental side of things going. Um, so that definitely played a part um, in my journey. And I was so unhappy at <laughs> that job. Um, and you know, because I consulted with you many times during yep. this journey. <laughs> yeah, I remember this. Thank you for that. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, do I do a bakery? Do I do event wedding planning? Am I getting my head, you know? way too far but no i i i settled on the wedding planning and the event planning knowing that i could implement a huge part of myself which was the earth conscious part of it i knew there was a market for it my location was perfect for it i am in a city that has no other wedding and event planners it's a small city in the suburb of vancouver um not a lot of competition. I, mm -hmm. I work with my other competition. We are friends. Everyone's super supportive. There's no intense feeling of competition. There's, there can always Ooh, be more I wedding and event planning. Yeah. So that, that really worked for me. Um, and then just, yeah, learning, uh, how to start a business, right. How to just dive right mm -hmm. in. Sometimes you really have to take that leap. You'll never be fully ready. Um, but I felt like I was at that point uh, ready to trickle in. I put a couple steps in the water. I didn't fully jump in. I started slowly, networked like crazy, still am networking like crazy. It's all about networking and people. Um, that's when the real connections are made. I did not want to be just another Instagram wedding planner or something like that. That wasn't aligned with me and my values and my eco values and my business values. So um, definitely just listen to my heart and kind of let the universe point me in the right direction. I know it sounds super woo-woo, but like definitely when people said, oh, maybe you should do it this way or, oh, I'm not sure. That's a little scary. I said, you know what? The universe is going to tell me whether or not this is working and I will adjust as needed. And thankfully that has pretty much happened. So I'm, I'm happy with what the universe has given me. I'm, I'm trying to find those soulmate clients and like-minded people. They're out there, especially where I am. People are more earth conscious here. People getting married or just having events in general are thinking, wow, can I have a little bit of less impact on the environment? Absolutely. You can, it might take a little bit of extra preparation and time, but that's where I come in and try to help. So um, definitely loved my niche and love talking about it with other people. Probably the most important part is finding the thing where like, A, you can be a thought leader in, you love exploring, you love learning more, and you love championing it to this entire city, which like, that's the, that's the dream business right there. Um, but I love just like looking at like a bird's eye view after you've been on part of this journey, which it never feels straightforward when you're in the middle of it. But it really does sound like you you had a vision. And even though 
you know, it sucks because I think we, especially as creatives, it's so easy to feel like, great, I want to be a dancer and I'm going to go straight towards this direction, blinders on, super focused. This is all I'm going to do. And it's never that straightforward. There's always the survival jobs, the having to make ends meet, life tossing, you know, disease, sickness, forbid, but like it does happen or other things at you or priority shifting. And, you know, even your rental job had a, it was a means to an end is what it sounds like. Um, like a temporary leap. And I, do you feel like it gave you some information, like something though, that helped you in the next phase of the journey as awful as it was? Absolutely. Um, the world of film rental industry here and how large it is here, that definitely opened my eyes to something I could tap into the future with, with my event planning, um, operational side of things, administrative side of things, um, how to work with specific team members, uh, some of that managerial things that I had only implemented with cast members who were actors now in real life situations <laughs> with the real people of the world. I mean, they were real people too, but yeah, different. Uh, everyone has different <laughs> personalities. So yeah, interacting with different team members. Um, a lot of that experience, the, the body, especially realizing that my, my body was no longer able at that time to handle such physical labor. That was a huge part of that job. And I thought I could kind of bounce back. I was doing tons of workouts, strengthening my injuries from my dance world that I had left and, and thought I was in okay shape, but COVID was more than just a, a physical hit. It was also a mental hit. And I wasn't where I thought I was physically and and I was being pushed um, to do more than I needed to with my body. So I said, you know what, I think it's, it's going to be a journey, but this is too much. Um, so I learned limitations in that way. Yeah. You have to learn from your mistakes. Right. And I mean, I don't know if I call it a huge mistake, but I needed money and I found a job kind of thing. And mm-hmm. um, yep. yeah, sometimes that's just is what it is. And, and, my boss was thankfully very understanding and knew that I wanted to start my own business from the get go. So it wasn't a huge surprise when I left and wasn't a huge hit on them either. There was some preparation involved and I didn't just up and leave. So (laughs) I just said, you know what, I'm, (laughs) this is too much. It's too taxing. I, I stayed until I was really needed. And then when I found a good time, I, I left and uh, I think that's kind of similar to most people's experience with uh, moving from one job to the next. It's usually there's some thought put behind it and um, you have the ability to gracefully exit and learn from it. And that's what I've done with most everything I've I've been a part of, not just that job. So um, it's never great to burn any bridges or anything like that. So I try never to do that. But yeah, you have to learn from your past and from the experiences and take what you can from it. And then you kind of learn what boundaries you need for the next chapter. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. It's, it's so, it just sucks. that the only way sometimes that we learn is just through the mistakes that we make. Mm -hmm. Nope. (laughs) And I hate it when you 
get the same lesson for the second time and you recognize it's the same lesson for a second time and you work through, I don't know, the like grudge you have against yourself for falling into the same lesson a second time, hoping that it doesn't come around a third, but it is what it is. And it sounds like you, you made such a beautiful job of like not only having transparency about this like temporary milestone, but also not letting the resentment and hatred for that job kind of get in the way of keeping the relationships and just being very graceful, very graceful with your exit, which I admire. I try. (laughs) And it's not always easy, of course, but um, yeah, there's enough resentment in the world. I don't need to add too much more. And um, like I said, it's just an experience and take with it what you can, uh, everything with a grain of salt a bit. Um, If you can leave a bit of an impact, great. I I like to think that I did make a a great impact in the short time I was there. Um, Definitely helped with the inventory side of things in the warehouse. And um, that was not unnoticed for sure. So I, I think yeah, just with any job, you're you're trying your best and not um, every job is going to bring you the most joy in the world. But you, yeah, you just give it your best, do what you can, and then move on when it's time. But that's mm-hmm. why I love being my own boss, because <laughs> I'm the one I have to answer to now. <laughs> so if I do something, it's on me and me alone. And I, yeah, that, that comes sometimes with a heavy burden, but at the same time, um, it's a lot easier to be accountable for your own actions uh, when you're the one that brought it on yourself. So you know what you're getting yourself into and uh, you you take the leaps and take what comes with that. And I've definitely learned a lot in my, you know, a couple of first years of my business. There's a lot of um, things you just don't know until you do it. And then you go, oh, mm-hmm. and then you learn and you move on. Mm-hmm. How what are some techniques you use to hold yourself accountable and to also be kind to yourself, even when you are the boss? Uh, I actually, I give myself a little pet talk before every wedding. (laughs) I love that. Um, Okay. Because (laughs) there's a lot of stress, right. And a lot of emotions involved with weddings. You're dealing with people's (laughs) highs and lows and everything in between. So I give myself a little prep talk and say, your job is to do your best, get through it and make it a wonderful experience about sharing the love of two people. That is it. That is the job. The job is doing the best you can to have these two people enjoy their day with the people that they love the most. It is about love. So if I'm not bringing love from the minute I step into the venue, I'm not really doing my job. And I have to remind myself constantly of that. But definitely the the preparation is, what is this day about? It's not about me. It's not about the mom not about uncle bob you know it's it's about <laughs> it's about the fam the 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 two people getting married and the family and friends witnessing that and their experience so weddings are so different than any other kind of event they are hopefully one time events um for these people and it's a big day But even with all the stress and the pressure, it just needs to come down to the two people celebrating their love in the way that it's meant to be. So um, 
yeah, I think <laughs> giving myself that little pep talk and pep talk and uh, just being as prepared as possible, which I certainly am. I mean, that is the number one of my job is just to be a Boy Scout, be prepared for anything and have my little fanny pack full of wonders <laughs> on me <laughs> and be ready to sew last minute uh, a dress that needs fixing, bring a Tide to go pin when uh, the bride gets a uh, beetroot juice on her dress when she takes her first bite of food, you know, like all of these things happen. I have so many stories from weddings um, that are just unthinkable how crazy it can be. And um, keeping my cool, right. Keeping calm is like, it, it's a gift during stressful situations. And I think because I'm a yoga teacher and I'm a calm person most of the time internally I might be doing a freak out dance inside but I am cool as a cucumber on the outside mm -hmm. I have meditated with brides I've meditated with grooms I have <laughs> set the the calm <laughs> set the calm within the storm and I think people appreciate that the most sometimes is just being that sense of calm prepared we got this we're going to get through it um, when things start to go a little crazy and just reminding them, right? Reminding them that nothing else matters. It's just a celebration of love and joy. Hmm. Hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully that's who hires you. Um, I know if I was living in Vancouver and getting married, which neither of those things are true, I would hire you in a heartbeat. <laughs> like you just gave me the best pitch. <laughs> like, wait, you'll meditate with me if I'm freaking out? Okay, great. You're hired. I will. <laughs> <laughs> I know we're kind of coming to the end of time. So my big, big question is what advice would you give to any artist who is looking to feel more confident in their career or creative entrepreneurship today? I would think um, this would apply to many a person, not just that specific creative, but to remember your small joys just as much as your big passions. So keeping hold of those little things that bring you joy throughout your day, throughout your week, throughout the month, schedule it in if you need to. I certainly have to do that. I try never to miss a voice class meeting online. That is what brings me joy is my voice teacher from New York city, who I still talk to every week. And even if it's just a simple text, hello, but with my little voice family, we all join in on Zoom. Zoom is still a thing <laughs> in 2023. It's not going away. And um, we sing. We just sing fun songs just for fun. And that is what brings me joy. And I may not be singing on a stage for thousands of people, but that's what brings me joy right now. Um, doodling, if that brings you joy. Reading, listening to podcasts, you know, whatever, <laughs> whatever it is. Baking, cookies, yeah. These little things are so, so important. And it's actually what makes my job better is remembering those little things, those little touches. At a wedding, they can mean the world to the couple. At an event, those little moments of joy. If you can touch your guests that you've invited with those little moments of joy, why you picked that particular food to share with them, why you picked that particular memory, that particular photo to, to share with them, the smile on your faces. Um, if you can share that, that is awesome, right? So don't forget it about yourself either. So when, when you're looking for something new to pivot to and you're a little scared and fearful or you're changing whatever it is in your life, just little joys along the way 
schedule it in, pencil it in, time to watch Ferngully for the 10th time or, <laughs> you know, whatever, Gilmore Girls on repeat on Netflix, you know, those are my little joys. Yeah. Mm, I love that so much. All right. Mallory, how can we connect with you, keep in touch with you, possibly hire you? Oh my gosh. Yes. Um, <laughs> all the things. <laughs> my <laughs> website is the easiest. Waste not. W-A-S-T-E-K-N-O-T dot C-A. That's probably the easiest way to get in touch with me. Uh, my email's on there. I also have an Instagram, which is at waste not underscore weddings underscore events. It's a long one. Sorry. Um, yeah, the Instagram or my website. That's basically it. Awesome. I'm easy to find. You can Google it. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you so much for being on the show today, Mallory. Thank you for having me. All right, creative. From the very last advice that Mallory gave all of us, here is your one thing this week. I want you to sprinkle in the little joys. Your career, your business, it's a marathon, not a sprint. And it's important to keep the small joys consistent in your life. Just so you know, between you and me, I also need to take this on board, especially right now. This is the exact advice I personally needed to hear today. So I'm going to do this exercise too. I want you to figure out what's one joy you have. This could be an activity, meditation, an exercise, maybe a creative practice, or even venturing out to a very specific place. Now I want you to go to your calendar and schedule in that joy every single week. Make it happen because those little bouts of joy are what are going to sustain you on this very long journey that we are all navigating through together. All right, creative, if you're enjoying this show, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. And until next week, stay creative.